Hi, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. And first of all, I want to say I know I'm not trying to flood your feed. I know that we have put out an episode this week. We also had uh, another show on our feed to, to alert you to the presence of another show. And I'm not trying to flood it. But this one, I think, is one that any longtime fan of Beautiful Anonymous will be happy to have. I want to be very clear about something right from the start. We're going to play you a portion of an episode that you can find on Beautiful Anonymous Plus. Now, you know, for weeks now, since its launch, I've been plugging the fact that you can go to BeautifulAnonymous.com and sign up for this bonus content service. I need you to know from the bottom of my heart, I'm not putting this out here to try to bait you into signing up. If you want to sign up, I'm appreciative. If you're not interested in it or you're not in a place where financially it makes sense, I'm not mad at you, and I'm not trying to sit here and hook you into it. We are going to give you the first portion of a call that lives on Beautiful Anonymous Plus. The people who have Beautiful Anonymous Plus can hear a lot more and enjoy it. But if I'm being totally honest, this is a caller who means a lot to our fan base. It's a caller who has a miraculous story that's still unfolding, and I would be truly a dirtbag if I didn't allow the entire community to celebrate some monumental news in relation to this caller. So please know, I'm not trying to go, here's a little piece of it, go sign up. I'm trying to say actually the ex exact inverse, which is this is too important to me to have fully behind the paywall. So paywall people, you will get a lot more conversation with Whirlpool Galaxy, as this community knows her, behind the paywall. But for everybody... There's a really amazing thing happening. If you don't remember the caller, Whirlpool Galaxy, go back and listen to uh, the first call in which the caller talked about a tremendous loss that she suffered and how her life moving forward came to take on a totally different form than before that loss. You can go listen to our follow-up call. I think, I'm, I'm actually not sure if that one's on the feed or if that one is living on a hard drive somewhere, but if you remember the follow-up call, it was in person at the Airwolf Studios. We heard more of her story and more of the development of where she was at. And just this week, our caller posted online about some developments that you're going to hear made me truly emotional. And I think for a lot of you, you're going to have the same experience. So I'm not trying to use this as an advertisement for the paywall stuff. If anything, I'm dragging it out from behind the paywall because I have to reserve the right that in a community that means this much to me and where so many callers have become tent poles of that community, I have to reserve the right to go every once in a while. I can't be behind a paywall. Every once in a while, we need an update for this entire community to celebrate a miraculous person who's achieving some really miraculous things. So please do enjoy this one. If you want more, you know where to get it. If not, that's totally fine. But I also think more than anything, man, is it a good day to celebrate someone achieving dreams, and in particular, someone who I think we would all say deserves nothing but the best in life. Hello to everybody who supports Beautiful Anonymous. As you know, once a month, we reach out to a caller from our the past of the show, and Today, not only are we talking to one of the most beloved callers, I think, in the history of the show, someone who, I mean, 
everyone was blown away by your original call and then you the first in-person follow-up ever which was sort of adorably <laughs> awkward then everyone who attended beautiful Canonymous was there for one of the funnest nights of my life which was you and uh, my Australian best friend caller had both yelled at me for not seeing contact and you and I were able to co-host a screening of Cont- contact at Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn and one of the best parts was the Q&A where I asked how many people here are not beautiful anonymous fans and just wanted to see contact in the theater <laughs> and a solid third of the room did and still stuck around and n- not only are all of those things true from the past but everything that is happening in your present is blowing my mind and <laughs> and I have to welcome back a, a caller that many people know as a whirlpool galaxy from your original call but your name is also your the name your name's kind of out of the bag at this point too because there's a documentary about you that we have to talk about so anyway yes yeah well thank you for having me back chris it's an honor to be here thank of course thank you for taking time out of your increasingly busy schedule <laughs> should i just let the cat out of the bag or do you want to air out the latest development cuz yeah you just let it out of the bag how about that Okay, because I'll tell you this. I was just downstairs with Hallie and Cal. I ate a quick dinner on my own because we were were recording this at night on the East Coast. Hallie was getting her dinner and Cal's dinner ready. And I said, I'm going to do a follow-up with a past caller. And Hallie said, well, who's the caller? And I said, well, it's the original called Whirlpool Galaxy. And I will tell you full disclosure, my wife, who has a huge heart, said... Isn't, is that, is that, that's the call that the woman lost her family and immediately, and I was like, yeah. And my wife was like, I still think about that one. And I still, it like still crushes me. And I was like, but do you remember how she was studying astrophysics? My wife was like, yeah. And I was like, Hallie, she got fucking hired by NASA. And I like started crying. And then she's fucking working on the James Webb telescope. And me and my wife, like five minutes ago, both got choked up. It's <laughs> unbelievable and sorry to curse, but I get, I'm from New Jersey, so I curse when I'm excited. You posted <laughs> it on Twitter the other day and I, I yeah. my jaw was on the goddamn floor. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm still in shock from it. And I cried too when I got the email and you, my childhood best friends have been crying for like days in a row. They were, <laughs> they, they cried more than me for sure. So <laughs> it's. It's really, really beautiful and also completely nuts. And I'm sure you think about that every day. (laughs) No, that's my exact reaction. Yeah, like I'm in shock and just like also so excited Um, and honestly can't believe it still doesn't feel real at all yet. Um, I don't start until September, so I have some time for it to sink in. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 so excited. And are you are you allowed to say exactly what you'll be doing? I don't know if NASA's like the CIA, like if you have to keep everything <laughs> secret. No, I can I can tell. I did actually check to make sure because I have a mentor there, and I was like, "Am I allowed to talk about this publicly?" Um, yeah, so I'll just be um, just an astrophysicist there. My job will be to do just just an astrophysicist <laughs> at NASA. This is how you think. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my, they technically hired me to do research. So like for my job application, I wrote this 15 page proposal, um, saying, you know, if you hire me, this is the science I'll get done while I'm there. 
Um, and they basically said, okay, yep, you're hired. Just come and do that science. Um, but I also want to get involved in a lot of different aspects there. Uh, for example, I'll be part of the James Webb Space Telescope team, but I also want to get involved with future missions that are being planned and then also probably science communication as well. Um, so I'm going to try to, you know, get involved with a lot of things while I'm there. <laughs> it also seems like a particularly exciting time to be hired by NASA because all of a sudden the space race is kind of back on. It really is. Yeah. No, with the James Webb Space Telescope, obviously that's completely revolutionizing um, the, the entire field of astronomy. And then also, um, you know, NASA is planning to go back to the moon very soon with the Artemis mission and everything. So it's, it's really a great time to be in, um, to work at NASA and to just be involved in astronomy and, and space endeavors for sure. And is Artemis going to be a manned mission? Yeah. There will be, yeah, NASA is planning a manned mission to the moon, um, and they've already selected the first candidates um, who will go. So the first woman and the first person of color will land on the moon, I think, in the, you know, pretty soon here, in the next decade for sure. I'm not sure exactly what year, but yeah. And theoretically, if things go well, and they don't, ca- they don't catch you like stealing snacks from the break room or whatever, <laughs> you you might be in that control room like it's this is not outside of the realm of possibility that you will be on site employed by nasa as they are landing the first woman on the moon yeah that's yeah yeah uh my technically my job is only for three years um but they often hire people um after they do what what i'm doing is technically called a postdoctoral fellowship and they do often hire people um, after their postdoctoral fellowships. And that's the goal is for me to get hired and stay there permanently um, until, the, yeah, forever. <laughs> it's the craziest so. story. It's the craziest <laughs> story that I've ever heard in real life. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> and look, I'll put you on the spot and maybe you're not supposed – maybe you have to at this point be like, we're not even going there. But I have talked to you in the past about like is the goal to eventually be an astronaut – And I believe you've told me, like, obviously it's in the back of my mind as a fantasy, but the more in you are someone who your fantasies keep becoming reality. So is this (laughs) have you thought about the fact that you are now a step closer to being in a rocket ship? (laughs) You know, definitely. Uh, Yeah, I think I told you before that, uh, you know, 18,000 people applied to be astronauts. These are all people who are qualified. And so I'm now one of those people that's qualified to apply. Um, but they only select, you know, around eight or eight to 12. Actually, I think it's more like 12. Out of 18,000. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so I will be applying the next time there's a call for astronauts. I'm now <laughs> qualified. So I'll definitely apply because um, uh, they do prefer to hire like military folks, like, for example, test pilots. Um, so I'll be going the science, science route. Obviously, I'll be applying as a scientist. But to give myself a little bit to make myself a little bit more competitive, I've actually been getting my private pilot's license. Um, cause yeah, they just like to see, they like pilots for obvious reasons. And so, um, I'm about to finish my private pilot pilot's license. So that'll make me a little bit more competitive, but still it's, you know, still it's 18,000 people that are extreme, all extremely qualified. So we'll see. <laughs> but I, I do love that. I feel like when I asked you around beautiful Cononymous, it was kind of like, well, yeah, that's a fantasy. And like, and now you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm actively applying and I'm starting to, I'm starting to build out the resume to put myself in the mix. Like, this is real. (laughs) This is real. Yeah. I'll I'll frame my rejection letter. Let's say that. Cause I I definitely don't think I'm going to get selected the first time, but I'm just going to keep applying until, 
um, until I'm too old to apply anymore, I guess. How but, often, yeah, are you, how often do, can you apply? Um, they typically have calls about every four years. Um, maybe with uh, these Artemis missions coming up, maybe they'll be more frequent, hopefully, and they'll be hiring more people. But um, And I have met a couple of astronauts over the past few years and talked with them about the process. Um, but it's still, yeah, how do you how do you set yourself apart from those 18,000 people on paper alone? That's really hard to do, so I don't know. So you straight up now are at a point where it's not that weird for you to just shoot the breeze with an astronaut. <laughs> no, it's still weird, but um, there's just been, people have like presented opportunities. They're like, it's mostly because of the documentary where they're like, do you want to meet an astronaut? And I'm like, of course I do. And so people have just made that happen for me. Um, and yeah, I, it's terrifying, but amazing. It's been, yeah, amazing getting to meet them. Now you mentioned the documentary it's really incredible. They're also going to have to sh- reshoot the ending now or do a sequel, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But do you want to tell people about it and, and where they can find it? And I will tell everybody um, it's beautiful. And even just on the website, you can already go and watch a trailer that you will, your breath will be taken away. Um, and it's, it must have been so hard to film and dive back in to so much stuff, but also, uh, it's, it's a really incredible film. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, it's always scary when I hear about people watching it, but so it, that's helpful to hear, but yeah, we finished, we finished, well, we finished filming a bit ago, but it, it, the documentary was like completely finished in January of 2023. So it's been just over a year now. And we've been doing the film festival circuit. I think we've gotten into somewhere between 10 and 12 film festivals and have have had other types of screenings. I think total of like 24 different showings this past year alone. So that's been kind of crazy. And now we're just looking for entertainment distribution, which would be, you know, to try to get it on a streaming service like Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. Um, But I think, yeah, I think the director would want to film some type of follow up because after people watch the film, they always want to be like, is she okay? They just want to make sure that I'm okay, you know? And so I think there probably will be, you know, maybe like a 30-minute follow-up or something. Um, that's an idea that's been thrown around. I mean, they have to. They have to at this point. It's unbelievable. <laughs> also, I will, I, I'm happy to say, too, when you tweeted about being hired, I was one of the first people to retweet it. And then the next time I went back and looked, there were thousands and thousands like it went viral for real everywhere (laughs) yeah that was crazy i did not expect that i i just went to bed and then woke up the next day and there was like tens of thousands of likes or something it was crazy really nuts really nuts yeah how did the filmmakers come across your story so um the the director she used to work at nbc news for her whole career and dateline nbc and stuff so she has a lot of experience there but she got tired of doing stories about crime. And so she she moved to Bend, Oregon and, and you know, started her own independent filmmaking business. And she was having coffee with a friend one day. And that friend happened to be my high school cheerleading coach. <laughs> and uh, so my, you know, coach from high school told her my life story. And at this point, it was, you know, before I even talked to you, this was when I was still an undergrad and it was very, um, the tragedy had just happened 
Um, but then, you know, they had a coffee a few years later and she asked for an update on me and heard that I was in graduate school. And that's when she decided she wanted to make the film. Um, and so our mutual friend put us in contact. Um, but it took me quite a while to say yes. Honestly, I was very hesitant to just jump, yeah. be like, yeah, sure, make a movie about my tragic life. Um, so it took a while to say yes. Uh, but, you know, I asked her the reason why she wanted to make the film. And she said that she felt like people um, who were experiencing difficult times could could watch the film and, and get through their own difficult times. Um, and I've heard people say that over the years, that seeing what how I've got through, you know, everything that I've been through has helped them get through what they're going through. And so um, I felt like our goals aligned there. And, you know, six years later, however long it's been since we started filming, we're now like best friends. Um, so I don't regret it at all, but it That's did take awesome. me a while to say yes. Yeah. Because everybody knows there are stories of people who feel like they've been exploited or misrepresented or had things sensationalized. So to hear that you feel safe and some sense of, of pride and ownership in it is a huge relief because that's an awful feeling when it goes the other way. So I'm very, very happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you. You probably know more than anybody how that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Not more than anybody, but I've definitely <laughs> I've definitely had some moments where it's like, that's not what I – that's half of what I said. That's not cool. Like I've lived through that and it's not, yeah. the, it's not the best. So I'm, I'm – as someone who um, – feels so lucky that you've become like my this this podcast that you became part of the fabric of that i do feel some very unearned sense of protectiveness over you so i'm glad to hear that these people aren't messing with you because i'd have to step in personally and say <laughs> the last thing this world needs is another manipulative documentary <laughs> no you've earned it actually uh you know telling my story here where I felt safe with you in particular and then being anonymous at first um, really helped me to, you know, tell my story in a very public way and to, you know, I read every Facebook comment. So I know, so, you know, the community of Beautiful Anonymous really may, is one of the reasons I felt confident that I could share my story with the world and it would maybe be received well because it, I felt so welcomed into this community. And so you did earn a big part of that, definitely. So don't, so you're very short. protective, very protective. <laughs> I also you. wanted to run this past you. Contact, pretty good flick. <laughs> right? I told you. Really good. <laughs> Seeing it up on the big screen, that was the way to do it. And I also was watching it. I was like, well, of, co of course this is like your favorite movie. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's everything about it, both in content and emotion. I'm like, of course. Of course. I yep, was exactly. I was a fool to skip this one as long as I did. <laughs> the situation's been rectified, though. You've seen it now, so. I have. And and it was a hell of a way to see it. And and I will never really forget was. laughing so hard as you and I did a Q&A. Because just for anybody who was not at Beautiful Canonymous, which was a really special weekend in my life. And that I feel like a lot of the people there felt similar. I, I don't know if we'll ever do it again because it was so much work, but it was so cool. But the best part was it was the kickoff event. And then, you know, at the end, you and I came up and they handed us microphones. And I said, first things first is, does everybody know what Beautiful Anonymous is? And a bunch of people went, no. And I said, how many of you just wanted to see contact? And a decent chunk of people in that room <laughs> said it. And I said, well, it's it ties into this podcast and it, we, were, it, it, we were lucky the theater 
allowed us to screen this, but we're going to do a Q&A now that's going to reference a podcast episode. Um, so totally understandable. If you're not a fan of the podcast, you can just split. And most of those people did, but I would say maybe a quarter of them just stuck around for a Q&A out of context. And some of them even asked questions, which was so funny to me. So funny. There were some people that just kind of wanted, if I remember right, were like asking you just straight up astrophysics questions. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, I don't really know what the deal is with you two and this whole relationship. But um, as far as the science behind this aspect, and you were like, oh, yeah, no, great question. And just talked about <laughs> astrophysics with these people. And it was so funny. Yeah, that was, that was, I still think about that a lot. That was very funny. People are weird, man. <laughs> people are cool and weird. Uh-huh. Um. What an absolute joy to see where you're at. And I think you only put that tweet up two or three days ago. So this is relatively new news for you, let yep. alone having announced it for me. And how does it make you feel to know that my wife and I shared a, mo- a moment of quiet, happy tears when I was <laughs> able to be like, she did it. Like she went and did it. Oh, that I feel very honored by that, honestly. And I know, a lot of people are rooting for me and that's, you know, something I think about when I'm, you know, having a hard day or something, I'll think about, you know, I know there's a lot of people rooting for me and, uh, you know, obviously people like you and your wife. So that's a huge honor to me, honestly. And thank you. 